0: Another edition of AW Weekly with me, your host, Miss Dynamite herself, Stephanie Chase. We have a big, big show with so much to talk about today, including an awesome, awesome, and another awesome edition of Dynamite, and which had a big tease for a certain man from Chicago who we might be seeing next month. This is one of the most exciting times to be a wrestling fan since, I mean, maybe since AEW actually formed. It seems like everything is happening now. They're back on the road and it's just big hitting episodes every week. And it's so, so cool. But uh, how are you all? Hi, Matthew. Matthew says, it's a pretty newsworthy dynamite. Can't wait to share my take today. Matthew always has some very hot takes and some controversial booking decisions. Chanel uh, says, hi, I'm looking forward to chatting about this very worthy edition of Dynamite. No, absolutely. As Matthew says, absolutely nothing happening this week. <laughs> uh, McCaff said, just a normal week in the world of wrestling. I mean, it feels like it is kind of normal now to have so much to talk about, though, doesn't it? Uh, I myself, I've had a very good week. I was at a wedding at the weekend, which was really cool. I got to see people I haven't seen in ages, including the boys from the Grapple podcast with their JP and Joe. That was really, really nice. It was such an awesome wedding. Um, There was a great, great open bar. There was pizza. It was so good. So if you want to see any pics from that, you can check out my Instagram at StephanieMTS. I also got my second vaccine shot on Tuesday. So I'm so delighted about that. I had a pretty rough day on Wednesday recovering from it, but all worth it. I'm double jabbed, so like, let me in, you know, to America because that's where everything's happening. I'm so sick of being stuck here, but yes, double jab staff is here. I know it takes, I think, two weeks for it to be, um, for it to work, but yeah, double jab staff is here. <laughs> um, hail says, I hope your second dose wasn't wasn't too harsh. You know, it actually wasn't as bad as the first dose. Um, I only. Felt a little bit like so. I had it on Tuesday. I went to the gym like right before I went to get my vaccine because dedication. And then I, um, yeah, had it on Tuesday. Took it easy on Tuesday. Wednesday, I just stayed in bed. Literally, just stayed in bed watching um, the Netflix series on Naomi Osaka. And then Wednesday, um, I was right back. No, that was Wednesday. Thursday. I was back up in the morning at the gym, um, you know, working out, working all day. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Um, Matthew says, come to Chicago, come to Los Angeles to visit me. Do you live in Los Angeles, Matthew? Interesting. I love Los Angeles. I've been there um, three times now. Um, Really, really cool place. Uh, Absolutely. You can see me down down at the in the Sunset Strip area, just you know, living my best life. <laughs> um, and Matthew says that his second one was worse than the first. Uh, he I just says my first is worse for safari. I had more symptoms with my second, but they were all mild in comparison. But yeah, everyone, you know, get your vaccine shots, protect yourself, protect everyone, and then maybe we can all meet up in person one day and, and do um, a live, a live AW weekly together. Matthew lives 45 minutes from the Hollywood area, so. That's really cool. That's all I have to say about that. Like, that is extremely cool. <laughs> Hopefully, you'll get a you'll get a dynamite sometime soon in in your area since there are not seen such big shows. But before I get into all the stuff we have to talk about, let me get this stuff uh, the plugs out of the way. Thank you for supporting the podcast, and don't forget to subscribe and leave a five star review on Apple because. So I keep saying I'm just a little baby in the podcast world and I can only grow with your Apple subscriptions and really eating those apples. And um, thank you to everyone that checked out my little special podcast I dropped on Nick Gage with Benno. Uh, That was really fun to do. Uh, Just giving people an introduction to Nick Gage. Uh, This week I shall have one drop on my feed about Jericho's next opponent which is someone uh, a rivalry that I really can't wait to talk about so I'm going to do another little special edition there and you know what later we'll talk about the labors of Jericho maybe give some predictions for who else we could see and I'm sure whoever the next labor after after this (laughs) next week's labor I could do a podcast on that as well and also of course Follow me on Twitter. I hit 4K followers on Twitter today, which is my goal for August, was to hit 4K. Um, Smashed it. What can I say? I'm so grateful to everyone that follows me on any platform. So thank you so much uh, if you follow me on Twitter. And you can also follow me on Instagram. But enough about me. Let's kick off by talking about CM Punk, because that's what everyone's talking about. And there's no point in waiting whatsoever so last week guys we talked about cm punk because that's when the news came out that cm punk was a w bound and also daniel bryan was potentially a w um bound so that was a lot that was a lot to take in but the punk news was very it, it seemed so legit. People were getting really excited about it, but at the same time, it's CM Punk, so you think, should I really be getting excited about it? Because if you've been a CM Punk fan for a long time, there's been plenty of rumors of when he'll come back to wrestling, and it hasn't happened, and it's been really sad to be kind of let down by, by CM Punk coming back, and he's gone on to do his own thing. He did MMA. He's done some acting. But then on this week's dynamite we got a very special announcement so they said tony Khan had a big announcement to make and many people speculated about what it was um some people maybe thought that they were going to come visit Steph in the UK. I didn't think that was going to happen. I have to say, I wasn't one of those people that was like, UK show. I don't. I didn't think that they were all going to come visit me and, you know, put on a dynamite in my back garden. Uh, no, I didn't think that. Um, I maybe thought they were going to go visit Matthew, though, over on the West Coast. But no, the announcement was... That the second edition of AEW Rampage, which is of course their new Friday night show that is coming, the August 20th episode will emanate from the United Center in Chicago. It will be titled The First Dance. So this is absolutely huge. That is a huge arena. And the tickets, um the tickets are currently on sale. I think they're on sale general public. They're at least on pre-sale, but from what I've seen, people are buying these tickets. So that is absolutely incredible because of course the pay-per-view is in Chicago just weeks after that date. So these people in Chicago are going to be seeing so much AEW. They'll be asked to like fork out for so much AEW. So something, they better be sure that something big is going to happen. So the tease came next when we had Darby Allin, speaking he had daddy sting alongside him and he spoke about him proving himself an aw and even if you are the best in the world which is of course the nickname for cm punk so Oh my gosh, the teas couldn't be any more. Um, Mick have said so many Easter eggs and Dynamite. Absolutely, because then we got another Easter egg at the end of the show when MJF delivered a promo to a, a bloody Chris Jericho after his match with Nick Gage and started it with As You Lay There, hopefully in more pain than you've ever been, which is a line that CM Punk said to John Cena to kick off his infamous bomb promo back in 2011. So... They couldn't have teased it any harder. The fans in the arena were all shouting CM Punk after the announcement was made of the Chicago show. They did not shy away from it. They filmed people close up chanting CM Punk. And it looks like it has to be we're getting CM Punk in AEW on August 20th. Can you believe it? And thank you so much here to Anthony who said, um, I had no problems with either shot. Uh, Love your show, Miss Dynamite. Thank you so much, Anthony. Lots of love to you uh, for your super chat. That's awesome. Um, I think that firstly, I think he's definitely coming because this, this tease was too strong for him not to be coming. And I think that if, We don't get CM Punk on August 20th. No one will ever trust AEW again. And as you know, I love AEW more than anything. But even I would be there saying, guys, how could we trust you again when you made us think CM Punk was coming so strong and then he doesn't turn up. So I think he's definitely like that shows me that he's coming. The fact that they booked this arena in a market that they're going to two weeks later is insane. So That shows me he's coming as well. And I basically think that what happened was he was scheduled to debut in All Out or the Dynamite before All Out, but sometime around then, the news got out as it does. And Tony Cam was like, well, everybody knows now, let's do it sooner rather than later. And just went and booked a freaking huge arena for a rampage show, rampage, untested show. It's only an hour long. But Tony has enough faith, it seems, that they can sell well in this building. And, yeah, we're getting CM Punk. What do you guys think? And what do you guys think about Darby being the tease here? Because I did say that I wanted Darby to be CM Punk's first opponent. I think they'd match up really, really well together. It's like the the old versus the new straight edge guy. I think it would be so cool. But what do you guys think? Um, Matthew says... Look in my eyes, what do you see? The cult of personality, I think from Darby and MJF doing the teases, there will be at least one tease every week. Um, I think so too, because as as excited as I am about Darby and CM Punk, I feel like that could be a red herring. And every week we see someone else drop a little Punk hint that lets us know that he's coming, but keeps the surprise of who his the first person he'll confront will be, who he'll interrupt will be. Um, all like that, and um, Matthew wants to see the Dark Order teasing it, getting interviewed, and then they just say we are cult of we are cult of personalities. I love that Matthew, you're a genius. I love that one. Send that to John Silver. That's a really really good one. Um, yeah, as Tino points out, pre-sale today, general sale on Monday. I saw someone put on Twitter that they were on the pre-sale trying to get tickets, and they were like two thousand, two thousand in the queue or something, which is insane. Um, that's so so good. Um, <laughs> tell me punk is coming without telling us he's coming. Yeah, that's that's what it's going to be, I think, until he gets there. Um, has said if it doesn't happen, it's a big F you to AEW fans. hundred percent, it is, but that's not how AEW treats their fans, so that's why I'm confident that that it's going to happen. Um, and I think that it's good because it will be if he. Him making his debut before All Out lets him have his first match at All Out. So that's another big selling point for All Out as well, even though the ticket sales for that have been amazing. But the pay- you want pay-per-view buys for this. So this is quite a good way to, like, get – you've got your great ticket sales that you can get for the show, the Rampage show on – the on August 20th, which is going to be only the second ever Rampage show. This is a new show that you want to promote. You want to tell people that big things can happen on this show, that it is worth giving your time to, that it's worth investing in, and that it's not just... Uh, AEW's edition of Thunder or whatever negative connotation people wanna put on it because it's the second show. So you're gonna let people, if this is the show that you choose to debut CM Punk on, people are no, gonna know that you have to tune into Rampage. Like, that is a must watch because Dark and Elevation, as good as they are, they're not must watches. Um, I, I don't watch them live every week, I check them out, but they're not must, must see um shows, but they're only on YouTube. But you want people to know that Rampage is must-see. So I think putting CM Punk there, really, really smart. And not only that, but you're going to get people – I think the viewership of Dynamite is really going to increase until he turns up. The only problem will be other people watching the Olympics. What are you doing watching the Olympics when when, uh, Dynamite is on? But I think that's the only thing that can drag down Dynamite viewership. It was really strong this week as well. But I think more people will tune in not just to see if Punk's gonna appear, but those people that have been, that walked away from wrestling, when Punk walked away from wrestling or have been waiting for Punk to come back in order to watch another big American promotion again, I feel that they will be tuning in every week to be like, okay, I've gotta get familiar with this product because this is where my guy is gonna land. And then of course you have how much it can help all out as far as pay-per-view buys, Everything I think that this is a really smart decision because, at the end of the day, like the news is out there, and there's nothing you can do about that. Tony Khan was asked about it in an interview this week, and he did not confirm or deny. So, there's nothing you can do with those rumors being out there. He can't go ahead and confirm the news, like, you have to have a debut on a show. So, debuting him sooner than first thought of, I think that's really, really cool. Really, really cool. Um. Um, uh, Matthew says I think Punk would overshadow something if he's in a match um, at all I'm not sure that he would because he's already had a Chicago debut I think if it's the first time that people were seeing CM Punk at all in Chicago, it would probably overshadow the whole card of the pay-per-view to know that he's making his debut. I mean, there, there were some ideas that I heard before of how he could debut, like debut at the end of when we thought we were getting Hangman Omega. And I think that would absolutely um, be quite detrimental to especially Hangman Page to have a Punk debut like that. So I don't think he'll overshadow the pay-per-view if we've already seen him and familiarised himself with him. Now, the other person you have to think about is Daniel Bryan and when he'll debut. I do think he'll be saved for Arthur Ash. though. I think that would be a good idea to keep some distance between them. Um, oh, Tanol says, unless AW goes full ham and has CM Punk versus Kenny Omega at All Out. I mean, that would be crazy. Um, I think that would be a little soon to do. The only person I worry about in this situation, and we will talk about it uh, very soon when we get into that first match in Dynamite, the only person I worry about is Hangman Page because I don't want Hangman Page to be pushed out of the title picture and the storyline that we've been building up for so long for someone, an ex-WWE guy to come in, even if it is CM Punk, even if it is CM Punk. So I do worry about Hangman Page, and I would like to know more about the direction that they're gonna put him in now. Um, Matthew says, I wanna see Punk and Brian versus the Bucks at All Out, and Punk and Brian win the tag titles. It would be an interesting decision to bring them in as a team and have them team up. It would be, it would certainly be very cool, but I'm not sure it's the best use of either of them. And I don't think it's the best thing for the tag team division as well because AEW has an amazing tag team division, but it, it has definitely suffered from not having enough guys getting let into that title picture. Like we've just seen, you know, the Bucks are on the Bucks are on a role as tag team champions here. We ha- previously had Omega and Hangman as tag team champions, and um we've had FTR, but I just think you don't get enough people breaking into that scene. Uh, which is what has always happened to Santana and Ortiz. So, yeah, I I I wouldn't like to see them as a tag team, but I can see why you'd go for that and why that would be pretty cool. And the cat said these deep debuts need to be slow burns. Yeah, I I I think so. But let's get on to Dynamite because they opened with a huge huge match as Hangman Page and the Dark Order took on the Elite. This started with an awesome video all about what being a cowboy is. That would, I. This video warmed my heart, but what also warmed my heart was the end of being the elite when Hangman Page was given some new gear by the Dark Order, sold by Alex Reynolds, who was like, Oh, I know you're insane. And we got to see Hangman Page's gear. It was his usual cowboy look, but it, there was a lot more purple in it. And he even had the purple bandana. I'm doing a bit of a Page tribute right now because I have my fringe jacket on. So, yes, <laughs> cowboy shade going on here. But the video I thought was great because they talked about what it meant to be a, means to be a cowboy. And one of the things that they they kind of got over the idea of, of not quitting and cowboys getting up after defeat. And um, when we see the ending of this match, it seemed very relevant and um and it was just a lovely little video. And then <sighs> we had <laughs> a freaking incredible insane entrance as the elite came out in full basketball gear to get ready for this from Space Jam and this was because there was a Space Jam tie-in with this dynamite uh this was extremely well executed as far as like a a tie-in thing go because tie-ins can learn (laughs) what you're trying to do in the ring and They didn't allow that, they put it in the entrance. They had like fun basketball spots, but it didn't overwhelm it. It was not the WWE's diabolical army of the dead tie-in, which was a a hideous, hideous example of a corporate sponsorship, absolutely ruining wrestling. (laughs) Um, I thought this was really well done. I love the little outfits, they all sold it well. We got Don Callis in shorts. That was something I, I never thought I'd see, but now I can't unsee it. However, let's get into the match. Our first elimination was sadly. Um, it was sadly Alex Reynolds, uh, the sower of the group. He was eliminated by Carl Anderson. Um, then Anderson himself was eliminated uh, by Uno and Grayson. Uh, then we had Grayson. Uh, facing off with Gallows, but these guys took it to the outside, even Grayson got up on the balcony and hit a diving axe handle on Gallows, so they ended up being counted out. So then Omega and the Bucks were left against Paige, Uno and Silver. It must also be noted that this was John Silver's return match. Uh, Omega, B-trigger, one-winged Angel on Uno, he is out. Then after they went to a break, afterwards we had Brandon Cutler coming out with a basketball hoop. The Young Bucks, did a Meltzer driver where Nick tried to dunk a basketball and it didn't work. And I'm sure he will be haunted by that moment forever. I actually thought because their heels, this worked really, really well. And I thought it was really funny. And I'm sure that they'll get a great BTE skin out of it. Um, yeah, he, he missed it. It Was hilarious. Uh, then we had a BT trigger on John Silver, he was eliminated. Then we were down to three on one, Page versus Omega and the Young Bucks. Omega tied it tagged in to face Page, then he spat in Page's face, hit a V trigger. Uh, Page did a running uppercut, the Bucks ran in double super kicks. Uh, Page hit a double buckshot lariat on both Bucks, and it was Matt who was pinned. Omega then tried to use the belts, but the officials did stop him. Um, and then Page hit a de- dead eye, good near fall. Omega avoided a buckshot lariat, smashed Page with a belt for another near fall. Then two V triggers, then a one winged angel on Page to pin him and win the match. So a shocking result here because of course the stipulation was that Hangman gets his world title match if he wins and the dark order is gonna shot at the tag team titles. But they didn't win, crazy. So where do, we go? where do we go now? Where do we go? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm really not sure because it seemed so cut and dry that this is a way that Hangman was going to get his shot at the title. And we had did have a report it today in The Observer that Hangman and Kenny is no longer the all-out main event So that is where my little bit of worry comes in when we talk about all the CM Punk and the Daniel Bryan three-match scenarios that I hope, Hangman page isn't going to get forgotten about and this amazing storyline that they've been building up isn't going to be forgotten about. I hope that they have a really good turn like twist and turn in it booked to keep him relevant and to capitalize on this on all, all his momentum and to keep something going for the fans that are so emotionally connected to this storyline so let's see what you have to say uh hello to adam pearson says so just a quick note to say thank you for putting aw on my radar i've been watching solid since starting year mainly due to your work both here and on wrestling daily keep it up maybe Thank you so much, Adam. That's so lovely. I'm glad that you uh, have been converted to being an AEW fan. I think it's not long before the entire world is (laughs) with some of the stuff that's going to be happening. But yes, thank you for for being here on the good side. Uh, Chanel says, Too Unlimited, No Limit, awesome callback. Not sure if that song was used in the updated Space Jam, but definitely was in the original. I think the good thing about the Space Jam tie-in is I really feel like the kind of adults that are going to be watching Space Jam that are really excited about it, um, are the right age that are going to be watching Dynamite, so I think most people got it and it was really really cool. Uh, to know, wish that Don Callis had done terror to reveal the shorts the same way the Elite did. Yes, that would have been um, that would have been very very fun uh, as well. Gosh, so many comments here. Um, uh, Danny Spear says uh, Colt was in this match. I realized halfway through. Lol, I missed him. Well, you can't have everyone and. Colt is, is certainly not the main member of of the Dark Order, but a memorable one, of course. But we need it, we need it Johnny Hungry, to get back in there. Uh Tanol says the bunk Stu Grayson chick on the twisty moons out dive was nasty. I don't know how he was able to do the rest of his stuff with gallows after that. It's because he's a pro. He's a hard, he's a hard man. Um Tanol, he is a hard man, is Mr. Stu Grayson. Um Mikaz said, I say that the Dark Order are sad and feel they let Hangman down and it's Hangman who lifts them up and says I'm going to get that title shot and so will Dark Order, friends forever. That's really sweet. Oh, I like that. I like that. Um, Matthew says, normally I like speculating, we know that, but I genuinely don't have a clue what's next for Kenneth." Yeah, and then to know with a great REM reference, what's the frequency? (laughs) Um, know, Hatcher says, if the end of the story, isn't that a hangman kicks out of the one-wing angel to win the title, then I don't know what the point is, was. That has to be the end goal. At some point, it's just when, when are we getting it? You know, when are we getting it? It's just, it, it's just so weird that the only, and it's not even a negative, but the only kind of problem that I can think of that AEW has is having too many good people. Like they have too many good people. Um, on the roster that i think it it seems like so hard to book it they're not just like top heavy they're like middle heavy bottom heavy like everyone is so great it's just hard and then you're going to throw punk and dan, dan o'brien in there it's just really really hard to book but i can see them holding off the hangman omega thing in order to say like look we've got cm punk right now like let's just do it but it's i i don't know how to predict this one i really don't know. Um, Yeah, Hyge says maybe Hangman wins a stipulation match to get his towel shot. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe we get the labors of Hangman next. Maybe we get that. And next we had Pac. He was about to be interviewed, but the Lucha Brothers um, weren't there. He said someone cancelled their car. It turned out it was Andrade and Chavo Guerrero because they had set up a limo for the Lucha Bros. Andrade recommended Packet, but better transportation for its associates or they'll work for someone who will. So we're getting a tease here that Andrade is going to be aligned with the Lucha Bros. This is our second week of Chavo Guerrero. Uh, I thought he did fine. Uh, still, this is not a pairing that excites me whatsoever um, at all. But it is what it is, and I'm not sure if I want the luchadores aligned with Andrade though. I like what they have going on with Pac, but we'll see what, where this one goes when the luchadores actually turn up. I wish though that when they had have Pac over, because of course he's not here every week and he does come back to the UK a lot. I wish they'd make as much use of him as possible when he's over, because. I, I didn't I, I didn't feel like we were getting that last week. Uh, next we had the Ricky Starks FTW Championship celebration. Uh, he came out and we had a whole New Orleans brass band playing. We had Hook, who had some flowers and his amazing hair and clothing. And then Starks freaking buried Brian Cage with his promo, saying that not even be next to him could give Brian Cage charisma. Then we had Cage's music play at Play. He came out. He attacked band members, smashing the bass drum over the drummer's head. Starks then fled the scene, and he uh, posed on the ramp as Cage wanted to fight him. Um, so, this this celebration was was fun. Um, I mean, the, the the best thing about it was um, either Hook or Taz taz vibing uh i just I, i'm really not sold on brian cage being able to go alone, as far as not having the mouthpiece like i just not sure that he has it in him but we'll see we will see like how he gets on he was so good in team taz i just can't see him as a solo guy i think you'd have to put another manager with him please not becky though. which up next we had oh a video from Hiroshi Tanahashi, yeah, there was so much happening on this show that we don't even, like, lead with the fact that Tanahashi appeared on Dynamite uh, in video form. He said he would challenge the winner of Lance Archer and Hikaleo um, match tonight. This match is going to happen on August 14th, resurgence at the Torch of the Los Angeles Coliseum. Very interesting. Tanahashi is going to be in the U.S. And we also got a challenge later on. Well, basically, John Moxley is very mad at Tanahashi, thinks he's been avoiding him. Um, so we'll see where this one goes. Um, I think that a lot of people probably thought that Tanahashi was going to have this US Championship match on Dynamite. It's not happening. But the fact is that Tanahashi is going to be in America come August, which means he could do something big on Dynamite. I mean, what about so? This is gonna, his match with um, Lance Archer is August 14th. What if on this freaking huge dynamite in, or rampage, sorry, in Chicago, you put Tanahashi versus John Moxie on that? Like, what about that? Um, Matthew says, Mox versus Tanahashi, everyone calm down. It's effing happening, please, at All Out. It would be good for it All Out, but I'm just thinking of you know Tanahashi's schedule and how long he might be able to stay in the US. And if he's not able to stay until the pay-per-view, I'd say put him on the show that Punk's going to be in. Like, why not? Why not? Um, uh, this is a comment about Brian Cage from Tannol. I like the idea of another manager with Cage, but also like that he's not with Team Taz, as I feel Mickey Starks is now the clear-cut number one in that group when before it was split between Cage and Starks. Yeah, I always feel like with that group, Brian Cage was meant to be the number one. But Ricky Stark's charisma just overshadowed everything he could possibly do, and he really did get demoted. And then we we end up with this storyline where he had to break away. Next, we had FTR versus Santana and Ortiz. FTR won this match. But Cash Wheeler suffered an injury when he was shoved off the ropes by Santana. His arm connected with the metal between the ring post and the turnbuckles. It looked super, super nasty. Uh, He is okay, It seems from reports from PW Insider and other places that he is okay. So thank God, because it really, really looked bad. So. Um, we got like the win came when Harwood hit the brain buster on Ortiz. Uh, he basically called for the finish. There was probably about five minutes cut out of this match. Um, I just think that that's it's sad because this has been built up for so long, for so uh, so well, and you know these guys wanted to go out and have an absolute banger like tag team classic, and it just didn't happen. This is a match I would absolutely want to see a rematch of. I would do it at the Arthur Ashe Show. I think that would be really, really good. And then we can really properly see these guys have the best possible match. It just wasn't their day. It just wasn't their day at all. Um, gosh, I don't even know how to say that. RW1, hey, RW, RWH, well, please tell me how to say that. <laughs> they say that's sucked for FDR, especially when that match had been planned for months. Absolutely. You know, this was one that they were really building up. This is a big shot for Santana and Ortiz who really don't get that many big tag team matches. And it's just really unfortunate what happened. I couldn't even rate this match in any way because um, we did have a, an injury in it. But uh, I really hope that Cash is doing good. Uh, next, we had Britt Baker and Rebel backstage. Um, Britt said she managed to tap out Nyla Rose with a broken wrist. Baker said she... In, rebel will need extra help because everyone's gunning for her. So it looks like Brit is bringing in a bodyguard. Who would you guys like to see? I was thinking that Emmy Sakurai, perhaps, because we know that she's coming over to AEW proper very soon. And I think another option is Jade Cargill. But only if you work out a deal where uh, Mark Sterling has got this gig for Jade Cargill to kind of add to her monies. And that's that kind of, might be a good way. Of getting Jade to, of getting her out of Britt's path because Britt is, um because Britt and Jade are going to have to cross at some time but I think that Jade needs some more reps in before she has that big match with Brit and she may even need to win that match so it would be good if it's like okay she's, uh her hired help so she can't do anything. A bit like how Wardlow can't suddenly um, turn and attack, you know, MJF. So if you had something like that, I think that would work and then eventually lead to them having a feud, but um, I'm not sure. Oh, we have a lot of you thinking we could get the Iconics. Okay, Um, Matthew wants them to have some Iconic help. I definitely saw another one. Yeah, Hydro. someone suggested the Iconics could be her backup. That would be cool because two would be better than one rather than one really strong imposing woman like bringing in two would be pretty cool. Um, where did I see one about, uh, McCass said it's either Jeanne or Tessa. I really don't think AEW bringing in, in Tessa, um, at all. I, I don't think that, I don't think they're going to want to work with her. Um, I think if she'll go anywhere, like WWE will take that risk because the Fabriates probably don't know why people wouldn't want to work with her. But yeah, I don't see Tessa coming into AEW. Um, Iconics, oh, Tano, really great shout. Camille, the NWA women's champ, is Brit's bodyguard. That would be awesome. I really, really like Camille. Um, Bill's Mafia, Killer Kelly would be cool as Brit's backup, but doubtful. Um, uh, Ruby Riot says Danny Spears. Yeah. Um, then we have Emmy as a backup would be a great way to do it, would be a great way to have her as an obstacle for challengers, one back Leo and Emmy, please. Yeah, there's um a lot of options, but interesting that she's getting a bodyguard. I think that would help her. Um maybe because like there's a lot of injuries that go on with um with Brit and with um Rebel. So maybe this would be a good way to kind of push the storylines along, but with um Know her having to do less matches. Um, next, we had what we talked about the big announcement of the Chicago show by Tony Shivani and the comments by Darby Allen and Sting. We have um, exhausted that topic of CM Punk, though I'm sure that I'm sure we'll have more to say about CM Punk every single week coming up to this. Oh, I just saw this from Hale Hydra that says um, Jordan Grace from Impact. That would be so cool. She'd be a really, really good one to have. I think Benno said that one yesterday. That was that would be really good. Um, okay, next we had the Lance Archer versus Hikaleo match. Uh Hikaleo was out with his dad, King Haku. Awesome to see Haku on um, back on TNT. You know, I remember him from the WCW days. Uh Haku's really awesome. I remember him being at the Boat Club block party when I was there. Um he's just he's just a super cool dad. Super, super cool. Um, this match, I think Hikaleo did pretty well here. This is the biggest match that he's ever been in. Um, but of course, Archer was the winner and uh, he hit the blackout to win. But yeah, good match from Hikaleo. Nice to see that Archer is getting a match against Tanahashi next. I'm not sure this reign of Archer's is, is going to be very long though. So yeah, um, I think that. Just Lance just does the same, they never just seem to work out the correct spot for Lance. And this was really good for him to win this. But then it's like, oh, if he has to face Tanahashi next, I'm not sure he's gonna beat um beat Tanahashi. Next, we had Cody Rhodes being interviewed at the gorilla position. And before he could even finish his sentence, he was attacked by Malachi Black. Um, and who brought him out to the ramp. And then Malachi Black, we had some wrestlers come out to help. One of them was Gregor de who, of course, you know from Sammy Guevara's vlog. Um, And Black hit him with a spinning heel kick. I thought that this was really, really funny because the crowd were really anti-Cody here which is strange. Um, Well, it's not strange, but I didn't expect them to be so anti-Cody. They were really into Malachi Black. I thought it was hilarious to have Cody start talking because uh, as much love as I have for for Cody, he can do some of the most rambling promos on wrestling. And Malachi just coming and interrupting him and being like, not today. Uh, that was really funny. And then I thought having Frégo de Sol, uh, everyone's so sympathetic to uh, Frégo. Hail Hydra here saying Frégo, Bill's Mafia says Frégo del Dead. <laughs> um, but I thought that was a really, really good um, all nod to the vlog viewers. Um, I said this in Wrestling Daily, like I've heard some people be like, Cody, Cody being Cody, attaching himself to Sammy's vlog because Sammy's vlog is like the cool vlog now. But it's nice that then he brings out Flago to do this little spot with. Um, I thought it was Redwood Survivor, very self-aware of Cody, to be honest. It was, it was. I think he's uh, sometimes more self-aware than we give him credit for. Um, Next, Miro did a promo. He's facing Lee Johnson next week. Um, The notable thing about that was two things in life motivate me, a vengeful God, and a double-jointed wife. Uh, Very, very funny indeed. Nero's been great in these promos, like absolutely fantastic. Next, we had Christian Cage at Jurassic Express defeating the Hardy family office. Um, This was... I felt like a, a nothing match. This was this was a take a break match because there was so much going on in this dynamite. Um, Christian won with a, a fog splash. After the match, we had a man in a hood come out and lay out Christian with brass knuckles. It was revealed to be Blade from the Hardy family office. Um, that does not excite me. I have to say. If, if you've been doing man and hoodie reveals for the past couple of weeks and the man has been Christian uh, Frankie Kazarian, then <laughs> going from him to Blade is like a no. I think that the Butch and the Blade just haven't got over at all. I don't think they're the right person, people to pair with Christian. Um, I don't think that they were right for Orange Cassidy either. I know we talked about that last week. So, yeah, um, Christian... First is the blade coming up. Get ready for that one. Um, then we had a video about Nick Gage that was from the Road to. That was really good. I'm sure you all check that out. Then we had um, the Varsity Blondes. They cut a promo on the behalf of Julia Hart, which is kind of strange. I think that she definitely should be cutting promos for herself, but she was out to face Thunder Rosa. This was a quick match. Of course, Julia Hart. She's so young. She's 19, but. She's in there with Thunder Rosa, who, it, for my money, is the best female wrestler in the world. Uh, this was Thunder Rosa's first official AEW match after becoming a member of the, the roster. She won with the Fire Thunder Driver. Um, the women here were put in a very unfortunate spot. It was an event for Dynamite, which was being headlined by a huge main event that everyone was waiting for, and I just felt like yeah it was a death spot it was a death spot i know that i was watching this just like priming myself for the for the death match i was getting my drinks and stuff ready um i think it was hard to get anyone invested in this julia hart she i love her gimmick but she needs more reps and of course she's green and they put that open commentary i would like to see her talk instead of the promo that they did uh but i am happy that thunder rosa She's the number one ranked woman. It looks like she's nef- next to Britt Baker. Red Moon Survivor says they need to give Rosa a story. They do, and I hope that they can start one between her and Britt Baker very, very soon in the lead up to the pay per view, if not one of the big events before that. Um, then we had John Moxley. We've talked about that, basically calling out Tanahashi. Um, we will see. We will see where that one goes. Now we get to the main event. It was Chris Jericho versus Nick Gage in a no-rules match. We had MJF coming out on commentary for this one. Jericho came out full pain maker, uh, great Judas entrance. He came out with like a black mask over his face that he revealed to have the pain maker makeup. That was really cool. His jacket was awesome. He just looked awesome. Um, we had a great intro from Justin Roberts uh, to Nick Gage. He did a really good job of doing the Nick Gage entrance. So. Uh, Then the match started off with Gage taking out a pizza cutter. He was immediately um, slicing up Jericho's arm with this. Uh, Then we got into some actual wrestling, including even a line teamer from Jericho, um, which kind of slowed down the match a little bit because Nick Gage is not a technical wrestler, but I thought story-wise it was a really good idea to try and, like, Jericho trying to get Gage to wrestle more in his style and see what he could do. But then Nick Gage busted out some moves himself, so he Jericho could kind of be like, oh, okay, you can even do a bit of this as well. Well, I might be in trouble here. Um, and then Gage drove Jericho face first into the ring post, and then he got some light tubes out from under the ring, but Jericho had floored the bat, um, and he hit him with it, but Jericho is bleeding here from the head. And then B.H. avoided a swing at the back and he hit um, He hit a choke wicker and pulled out a pizza cutter and carved up Jericho's forehead some more. Then there was a break. And of course, we all know that lately, uh, we all know what happened during the break. They showed a Domino's ad with a pizza cutter in it. And yes, they showed a pizza being cut while Jericho's head was totally was being cut, which is Very funny, very funny. Like, I'm not sure what the repercussions will be. There was an article out yesterday that I thought was uh, badly written, especially the the last line about them driving off viewers. Like, who the hell have you been talking to? So I'm not totally sure that I buy everything that was said in that article as far as who they spoke to at Domino's, but I hope things are okay. Um, It was funny. It was funny that this happened and you would think Domino's would have like a sense of humor to be like i mean they could bring out a special jericho pizza where it's like tomato blood base <laughs> and there will be it will be a tomato base which they'll call blood and it will be filled with and it will have um goat's cheese on it because he's a goat and yeah, I think <laughs> I think that that's what Dominoes should do to get over this. That article was sloppy. Yeah, it, it was absolutely sloppy. Um, so w- during the break, we had Gage bringing in lots of weapons, he put on chairs and a pan of glass. Uh, then when we were back, he propped the glass up on two chairs, and then they got they were fighting on the top rope, and Jericho busted out an amazing top rope Frankenstein. He sent Gage to the glass. It was gnarly. Then Jericho went for the code breaker but Gage caught it and he planted Jericho in the glass. Gage then broke light tubes over Jericho and then pal drove him onto the glass for two. Then he grabbed a shard of glass and stabbed into Jericho's head repeatedly. This was insane territory Um, then gage, gage grabbed two bundles of light tubes he's about to hit one over Jericho's head but jerko spat green mist moved a mist into the face of nick gage smashed the tubes over his head and hit the judas effect for the win i love how this ending was executed he did it so fast and like seemed so desperate just like you know it was really really good and he sold the hell out of this at the end. The way that he was covered in blood, just like clutching a little bit of the light tube, like awesome, awesome. And then we had um, MJF come out to, to tell Jericho that labor number three is... Hooventu Guerrera and to win Jericho has to hit and move off the top rope. This was awesome callback to Jericho's WCW career. And not only that, it was a callback to an exchange between Jericho and MJF from November 2019, where Jericho brought up Hoovy and MJF didn't know who he was. Jericho said Google him. Well, he did Google him. And we are now getting Hoovinto Guerrera on Dynamite. So so cool uh, let's see what you guys are saying and um, to know in canada it was a bit different our picture in picture came during Mox promo on oh i i um i heard about that on post-wrestling to know. it sounded terrible that you um you didn't get the intros but no russia during the match yeah uh, Bill's Mafia in reference to the story says, smells like a VKM implanted story to me. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> Tinal says, I wasn't sure how much violence that TNT would allow during the match, but apparently the answer was as much as you want. Indeed. <laughs> um, and then McCass said, the juice, the juice is loose on TNT. Uh, Redman Survivor said, Jericho got attempt the at shooting star press for the second time in his career. So I don't know what he's going to use to win this match. Uh, he's been doing this Frankensteiner. So I, in preparation for doing a podcast about this, watched Jericho and Hoobie, their first Nitro kind of day, and he wh- he whipped out one hell of a super uh, Frankensteiner in that match. But, yeah, I, I have no idea what he's going to do. Um, Jericho is hitting a 450 splash to be in next week. Uh, Bill's mafia says fog splash. My guess. Look, I think we, I think we we know that Jericho will do absolutely everything, and maybe he's got a bucket list. He's taken off things to do. But yeah, but Jericho versus Nick Gage, I thought it was it was such a cool match. And so everyone, and they already should have had it, but everyone should have respect, ultimate respect for Jericho, just for doing this match for being so, so up for it. I mean, whether it's CM Punk, Dwayne Johnson, Steve Austin, um, Daniel Bryan, Hulk Hogan, no. Your fave could never. Only Chris Jericho could have given us this match at this stage of his career. He's always changing. He's always adapting. He always wants to do different kind of things. And that's why he's still fresh and still entertaining despite being in the business for 30 years. That's why he's not Bloody Goldberg coming out and being the same old boring guy he's always been, or Edge, whose comeback has just been atrocious. Um, Jericho's the opposite. He's always evolving and giving us something new to look forward to, to cheer to doing different kind of matches. He's willing to move with the times, and it's really, really cool. Now, before we go, let's have speculation time, as Matthew says in the chat. I think that i'm hoping that next week we're gonna get because we got Painmaker maker jericho here so we had like karen jericho against sean spears then we had the Painmaker maker come out to take on nick gage so the pain is like the most violent incarnation of jericho next week because hoovie is the opponent i hope we're getting lionheart jericho like I hope he does himself up as close to like to Lionheart as he can. Uh, a, I want a great Lionheart outfit that would be so cool. And I think that Tony Khan should get the rights to Pearl Jam's Even Flow for his entrance—the actual song, not the WCW ripoff. And I think that would be so great for him to come out to actual Even Flow. Now I'm going to give you my predictions for other people that I could see be being a labor. Building on that idea, what about a Corazon de Leon version of Chris Jericho and his opponent is Ultimo Dragon? That is my idea for the next one. Also, of course, everyone's been saying it Landstorm. They started their career together. It would be the only thing I think about it being Landstorm is that it would be really hard to build. Kind of a reason for Landstorm and Chris Jericho to have a match because they're such good friends and we know they're such good friends and they don't really have a history of hitting each other or, or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, it would be really nice for Landstorm, but I would rather Landstorm, like, I wish Landstorm could have done his um, 30th anniversary dynamite. I really do. I would rather see him wrestle Jericho in a more happy, the situation. Um, another one I was thinking of, and don't hate me, guys, Fandango, because he's now released. Now, how would MJF introduce this? He might introduce this as, like, and no offense to Fandango if you're watching, because I have a, a, a special place in my heart for Fandango. Um, But you could see MJF saying, like, now your most, like, embarrassing opponent, it's Fandango. You know, something like that. Um, But, yeah, who are you guys saying that you would like to see it be? Also, like, give me full credit if it turns out to be either Ultimo or Fandango, please. Um, uh, Let me see. The... We cast the fourth Labour's land storm, have no idea of step the issue, but I don't know if we're getting Wardlow Jericho. I'm not sure that we're getting Wardlow Jericho either anymore. Oh, one final idea, not a prediction, just an idea. If we're not getting Wardlow Jericho and you're thinking, I want Steph to be happy. Why not the Labour be Jay, Jay White? Come on, he's an American out. he's on impact, bring in Jay White. They've never wrestled. It would be amazing. Um, let me see. Tinell says, I hope Jericho doesn't get a permanent scar on his forehead from the pizza cutter. I was hoping that too, Tinell. Uh That was definitely one of my thoughts. Um, Hail Hydra and Machadood Storm might have a submission stipulation. Yeah, I think that's the way that, that they would go. I just think it'd be hard to convey any, like, dislike between the two of them. Um, to you know, I think MJF screwed the promos up and MJF will be after five neighbors, not the fifth neighbor. Literally, everyone I've heard talking about this has said a different thing, so I don't know if it's five neighbors, then MJF, or if MJF's the fifth neighbor. Uh, that really wasn't clear. Um, Danny Spears, my favorite era of Jericho was Suit Jericho. That's the era I grew up watching. That was a great era, era of Jericho. It's not my favorite era, but yeah, um. Yeah, that, he, he was great, though. That was just another reinvention. Um, then final neighbour against Sammy Guevara. Sammy has to wrestle or be fired from AW. That would make me so sad. It would make me so sad. Um, come on, baby. <laughs> um, kind of good idea here. I thought about this one, too. His forward tie team partner, Paul White. Indeed. Um, That would be interesting, but a good one to pull out. Uh, Let me see. Uh, Sadly, we can't get Kevin Owens. That would be amazing. Uh, Janazee Goldberg should be fourth Labour. Absolutely not. I'd I'd turn off. I'd turn off. (laughs) Um, To know Lance has said they'll do a retirement match. It was not too long in his future since they've talked about it. Yeah, I would like to see them do something like that. I think... I was asked a couple of weeks ago who I would like Jericho's last ever opponent to be. And I said, I thought, I think he should go out on his back to Sammy Guevara, but then like have a nice little match with bad Storm either before that or, or just after. Um, uh, uh, to know, I think Sammy should be the final labor. I would stick that as Sammy wins, against gets another match against MJF at all maybe maybe um Danny oh my god maybe we're getting Wardlow versus Jericho last because MJF doesn't think Jericho would get that far I think though if Wardlow's last that would be really good position for Wardlow to show that he's thought of as like such a hard opponent that he's end up being the last ever um yeah I think so Anyway, next week's lineup for Dynamite, homecoming from Daily Space. Yes, we're back in Daily Space. It is Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black, uh, TNT Championship Miro versus Lee Johnson, The Bunny versus Layla Hirsch in an NWA Women's Championship Eliminator match, and Christian Cage versus The Blade, and of course, Juventude Guerrero versus Chris Jericho. Uh, that sounds like an amazing show, I wonder who will tease CM Punk next week, but thank you everyone for watching, Um, and I will see you next week, and yeah, big thank you guys, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, don't forget to download and subscribe to the AEW Weekly Podcast. Maybe you want to watch this again without, uh, listen to it again without seeing my face, whatever. Look out on the podcast feed too. I will do something related to Chris Jericho and Hoobin Chico Guerrero because one of my best, uh, one of my oldest wrestling memories is 100% The Unmasking of Hoobin Chico Guerrero (laughs) by Chris Jericho. Uh, just one of my favorite things. So I will I am currently now re-watching all of Hooventude um his matches with Jericho that are available on the WWE Network and getting ready to talk about them. So watch out for that. And anyway, thank you guys so much. I love seeing you every Friday. I'll be back back next Friday. If you're off to see Rev Pro on in London on Sunday, I will be there. One last thing, big Happy birthday to McCasp, Uh, happy birthday. Your name is Mark, oh, happy birthday, Mark. That's my brother's name. Uh, Happy birthday, I hope you have a wonderful day. Uh, You're a great supporter of the show and it's lovely to see you here every week. But that is all from me, bye guys.